and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have a beautiful, magical, inspirational woman for you. Blurring the line between music, theatre and ritual, visionary songstress Wendy Rule weaves her dark, ambient, mystical folk songs along magical paths of storytelling and mythology to create a uniquely beautiful, powerful and transformative live experience. Wild, wise and empowering, Wendy's music honours her deep spiritual and magical connection to nature, her extraordinary voice and the insightful lyrics combined with her passion and personal storytelling invite us to celebrate and connect with our own deep magic. Over the past two decades, Wendy has released 10 studio albums and numerous side projects and has toured the world extensively as both a performer and inspirational magical life coach and workshop presenter. Alongside her busy touring schedule, Wendy also presents her free monthly Full Moon Magic live stream concert series, a blend of ritual, storytelling and music that is themed to the astrological sign that the full moon is in. Originally from Melbourne, Australia, Wendy relocated to the USA in 2014 and is now living in Santa Fe, New Mexico, allowing her an even stronger connection to her ever-growing US fan base and providing daily access to the wild nature that inspires her unique and transformational work. It's now time to tune into this magical, enchanting woman of inspiration. Enjoy. So today we have a super special guest for you. We have, uh, now I can't even speak, Wendy Rule all the way from Santa Fe. Uh, Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm really thrilled to be here. I'm excited. I think that's probably why I couldn't even say your name properly um, (laughs) because I just found out Wendy actually originally is from Melbourne and now lives in Santa Fe. So uh, very lucky to have her on the show today. We've actually been trying to get you on the show for quite some time, but Wendy has been very busy touring around the US. So uh, before we go into there, um, we always love to unpack our woman of inspiration, Wendy. So I'd love to hear your unique story and how you got to where you got to. So what's your unique story? Well, I'm a singer of songs and I um, I love to sing about my passion for nature and my connection with the unseen world, the world of spirit and fairy, of the elementals, whatever you'd like to call that. Um, so my music has kind of got a mystical, magical energy to it and I've been connecting in with that energy and singing way before anyone I was ever in front of an audience. As a as a little kid, I would go out into nature. You know, we had this 
rambling old backyard in suburban Melbourne, but it was all overgrown. It was like the crazy old kind of um, original farmhouse of the area and really overgrown. And I'd go and hide in the long grass and I'd sing these songs to fairies, which I could really see back then. You know, now it's, I guess it's much more just a feeling thing, but I could, I was totally connected with that realm and I would just make up little songs and sing melodies. And I guess I'd kind of send myself into a trance. It was really deep shamanic stuff I was doing at the age of five, you know, or younger probably. And then I, you know, I I kept connected with both of those things, my love of singing, my love of nature, and my recognition that nature is more than what we just see. There's a whole heap of hidden energies there. And now I recognize that as as magic, you know. And so then I went on um, trying to find, you know, I went through high school and began uh, performing in, you know, school plays, musicals, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz and all that, and realized that other people loved my voice and that I really liked singing for other people, not just the fairies, you know. <laughs> and um, so I began, I decided that I'd, um, that would be my, my life path. I'd be a singer, but it took me a long time to realize, well, what kind of singer? And I went to uni and I studied literature. That's one of my other passions and had always felt a deep love for mythology and a deep interest, especially in Greek mythology. Uh, and of course, you know, my studies in literature deepened that. But I had this, I guess, a kind of, um, epiphany in my mid-20s and it coincided with the birth of my son so he's 25 now and um, and it was this kind of awakening to realizing that these mythological energies that I knew you know these stories that I knew quite well were actually alive and vibrant that these gods and goddesses of old you could access them these archetypes were alive and real and I began writing songs in honor of them and um, going out there out and proud as a witch in, um, you know, the pub scene in Melbourne. And, um, you know, that was a that was a pretty unusual thing to do then. The only other person I knew who was doing that was um, our mutual friend, the fabulous Fiona Horn. And mm. so, yeah, she and I shared that um, – that love of singing our singing our magic and singing our connection with the universe and yeah and um, so now I uh, I continue to combine those two things singing um, and magic and witchcraft and um, I travel the world doing that and I connect in with the cycles of the seasons the cycles of the moon and um, have written you know, over a dozen albums and created more than that um, in honour of those, you know, my journeys through nature and the recognition of those magical unseen energies. You know, I love it. Mm, I know. And, you know, when you, as you're speaking, I'm thinking you must have had very supportive parents um, because I think that, you know, there's also this understanding we come in um, open to the universe and right up to the age of seven and we're very much then conditioned by our environment where our parents uh, may say don't be silly there's nothing there you're not seeing what you're really seeing these are only imaginary things but in reality they're real so you must have had a yeah. really s- supportive network to allow you to flourish into what you're doing today I I did especially my mum who passed away a couple of years ago um, she was she was, you know, 
kind of a little out there as well. And um, she was very accepting of what, you know, were called my imaginary friends. And, um, you know, she would be quite cool with me kind of talking to seemingly myself, but of course, these imaginary friends, which were very real. And Mm. she also, um, she really, she also fed my love and interest. I was interested in fairies before they were cool. Now, now you hear about fairies and you see pictures of fairies and little girls dressed as fairies and fairy festivals. You know, back in the late 60s, early 70s, that wasn't the case. And Mm. she would source books you know like the um, flower fairies and all that she would find those and and um, books of poetry that had pictures of fairies in them and really feed that that love of mine and be she'd even do things like you know I used to like sitting in a tree like holding a little wand you know like I must have been like nine or eight or something and I loved climbing trees and I'd sit up there I'd wrap a bit of tinsel around the branch I'd sit up there all day she was totally cool with that I think other parents would think oh my goodness we've got to get some help here mm. <laughs> but she was great I love that and I think obviously you've got a, a son yourself I also have a son who's 24 and I think I'm really into all of that as well working with energies and and we actually for our listeners we were just talking about retrograde because I'm a big believer on I mean I study astrology I'm only two years in but um, a big believer in the cycle of the moon the 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 uh, immense power it has uh, and depends on the alignments of the planets and so we're talking a little bit about retrograde and, and that's yeah we're just talking about how you know it's uh, been a little bit electrically challenged this week let's say um, mm-hmm. but we just have a good laugh at it and I think it's really important to be in touch with our environment and all the things that I guess the our tribes prior to us actually um, you know uh, really not not just was a point of focus but that's how they live their life you know what what was the, what was the moon doing what kind of energies were around at the time and we've lost touch with all of that yeah i totally agree and i mean back in the days of yore before electric lights a, a, a full moon or a dark moon could completely change whether or not you could be out and about in the you know in in the evening it's um yeah now it's easy to to not notice not for me, I always notice. But um, yeah, I think that staying in touch, like the moon for me, I'm obsessed with her. I've written so many songs in honor of the moon, that maintaining that connection with her has profoundly deep healing um, and spiritually and physically healing benefits for for all of us. And uh, I think that there's... um, there's just such so much that we can gain from deepening our connection with our natural environment, and the moon is one of my big starting points with that. I also like hike almost every day in nature, but the moon I'm always connected in, and I've actually started doing this year these um, free live streamed concerts every full moon, and they're themed around the, uh, the the astrological sign that the moon is in. So I'm very glad to hear that you like astrology. It's wonderful, isn't it? Oh, I love and we're actually doing we're actually doing some work around Black Moon Lilith at the moment. Oh, nice. And yeah. So I'm actually and that's to me I think it actually brought up a lot of um I guess working with my shadow side. Mm. Well, yeah. that's my natural side because I'm Scorpio. Oh, okay. So that's 
I'm born on Northern Hemisphere's Halloween, you know, October 31st. So um, I've always been connecting in with those. The darker energies feel very comfortable for me. And I'm a lot of my work, a lot of my music is about honoring the healing darkness. And I guess taking away that terrible stigma that our mainstream society does, that anything that is dark is bad, you know, but the night, the winter, the dark moon, it's all just part of nature. And so part of my, that's also I think why I'm okay with Mercury retrograde because mythologically Mercury or Hermes in mythology regularly goes down into the underworld. He disappears. That's his job. He's a messenger. And so I think that there's times that when Mercury goes retrograde, same as times when the moon is dark, it's the universe saying, hey, slow down a little here. This is time to be a little more self-reflective and less busy and less out there in the world. And if you keep pushing against that, then you're going to get all the crazy things like, you know, electrical mayhem and travel chaos and all that stuff that Mercury retrograde does. But if you're just doing what is asked of you during that time, which is slowing down and chilling out a little, it can be really quite lovely. Yeah, absolutely. And I always look at it, um, you know, we were talking um, about how do we actually work with our shadow self and rather than uh, look at it as a negative, like you said, it's how do you integrate the dichotomies within yourself? So, you know, there is light and dark, mm-hmm. but it's about going with that rhythm, that cycle, because it is a cycle. And sometimes yeah. it's a need to sacrifice your fear or your grief or your age. Like you say, just take that step back and chill out. Um, and, and, and actually be, you know, getting in touch with your feelings rather than pushing away from it. That's it. Just being present. Like sometimes that's all that we need to do just to, um, that, that, especially if we're going through a hard time. Like in the past, I used to suffer quite terribly from depression and, um, and my mum did too. And, uh, she came through an era where you were medicated out of that, you know, and I I didn't want to do that. So I I took the path of just doing very deep self-work, mm. you know, and very honestly looking at my own crap. And my last album was actually Black Snake, which came out a few years ago, was, was doing exactly that, looking at any aspect of my shadow self and going, what is going on here? What's trapping me in the underworld when – Yes, I always think of the underworld, a place to visit but not to stay. Mm. It's okay to, yeah, it's like the, the issue is not that you go down and you're feeling a bit down or you or you go through a period of depression or melancholy. That's fine. That's called human. But it's when you get stuck there that it gets really dangerous and you do need the help of your friends and family and community to, to help bring you back up just like, you know, just like Persephone needed that in, you know, the the myth. That's that's my obsession at the moment, Persephone. Mm. That's the album I'm working on at the moment. So, yeah. Oh, wow. It's very aligned where we're at right now. And I, I, you know, I was actually having a conversation with my husband that, you know, if only, uh, you know, from a psychological psychological perspective if actually you look at your you know your your chart your blueprint you can really Mm -hmm. see how it plays out you know and I think that gosh you know you you can see like you know bipolar AD ADHD all these labels now that we have when in actual Mm. fact if you actually see the astrological aspects and see what plays out it actually gives you a bit of an understanding 
of what's actually going on for that person. I know it's for me. It's opened up my whole world and a big self-discovery session for myself every time, every week when I go to class because it's like, oh, wow, I now – because I dabble in the dark as well and I I tend Mm. to sometimes, you know, think about that. But it's also because I'm very – Plutonic and Neptune as well. So, you know, you could, you can have a look at that's okay. Like you say, double in it a little bit. Uh, but that mm. could be also a rest period. Oh, most seek. definitely. Des- definitely. Like for me, part of like honoring the dark moon is things like solitude and stillness yeah. and, you know, all those being gentle, being very gentle. And, um, it's interesting what you were saying, like with, with, um, that um, I think a big part of astrology when you really get to learn your own chart is self-acceptance mm. I, and, and, and that also then acceptance of others as well to kind of go, well, you know, of course they're going to be a bit whatever because they've got, you know, their moon in this and they've got this going on and there's just much more of a like, oh, okay, I can understand that person a little more easily now. I can accept them more easily and I found that with myself, like I would always have this conflict between my Scorpio son, you know, wanting to be deep and do the deep still work of that Scorpio energy and this Gemini moon that wanted to flit all over the place and travel and talk all the time and, you know, mm. and now it's like they're not conflicting. You've just got to find ways to honour to honor both. Mm, and yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I hear you. I'm, I've got my moon is Scorpion and my ascendant is Scorpio, Scorpio. So I'm like oh triple water. Wow. And I know. And for me, it was really about, wow, now I understand why I'm hypersensitive as well. And sometimes I just mm. need, I don't feel like I fit in and I need mm-hmm. to go to my man cave. That's what I call it. So <laughs> where I need to isolate myself. So, you know, it has, yeah. there's great depth of understanding who you are. Absolutely. But then, like you said, that the understanding others Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's the when the further you get into astrology what I found uh, I studied it years ago um at the Chiron Center in Melbourne which was just terrific I don't know I think they've moved to Tassie now but um uh yeah one of the things that you know I I found so revelationary was it does that astrology the deeper you go into it it does the exact opposite that people think it does it doesn't compartmentalize people into 12 separate boxes Mm -hmm. it opens up an infinite way of a kaleidoscope of windows to actually look deeper to, to gaze at the universe through and people and understand the complexity that um it's it's not a simplification it's a it's a much more opening up to to you know that incredible multifaceted aspect of our humanity Mm, absolutely and it's a how to ride the waves like it's a journey isn't it it's Mm -hmm. like going through the cycles rather than being stuck in one definitely it definitely Mm. is and cycles are a big thing for me I you know that's part of being you know actively pagan and following the cycles of nature and honoring that for me that that was a big part of my healing out of those years and years of depression of just allowing that everything is cyclic and not thinking, oh, my God, I'm I'm down here again. This is it forever. To actually remember, well, everything changes just like nature is changing, you know, well, from now here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, springtime is just beginning to happen. We just had the blossoms and I saw the first wildflowers out of my hike this morning and, 
you know, that that change is this reminder that, oh, everything's cyclic. So that's me as well. I'm also cyclic. So why would I always be happy or why would I always be depressed? There's there's going to be a bit of both, you know, mm. and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, because I always say that that this too will pass, whatever you're feeling right exactly. now. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, Wendy, you were talking about archetypes. Which one um, have you connected with over the time? Well, i got to say, um, well, definitely Mercury. You know how you were saying earlier, you know, we are talking about mat- retrograde. Mm. Mercury or Hermes, you know, as I connect with him in his Greek aspect, that um, mercurial aspect is really strong with me and um, – uh, but the Persephone story in Greek mythology, I have identified for years and years and years with Persephone. And, um, you know, her story is beautiful and tragic and lovely. You know, she gets um, abducted down into the underworld um, by her uncle Hades. Uh, and, um, sorry, my earpiece just fell out. And um, and then her mother doesn't know what's happened and goes, you know, in search, looking for her. With her mother is like the goddess. She's Demeter, the goddess mm-hmm. of the grain, and the earth dri- dries up. And through her grief, but what's actually been happening is in the underworld, Persephone has actually found her power and has become the queen of the underworld, and um, ends up having this very deep and passionate love with um with her husband Hades and so it's it's a really rich and amazing story but something about that um that finding yourself in the underworld and not knowing why or how you got there you know that definitely resonated with me because I didn't know why I used to get you know such terrible dangerous depressions when I was in my late teens and 20s and Persephone somehow would remind me that her her cyclic thing is that eventually her mother finds out what's happened and insists that she be allowed to return to the surface and um, an agreement is made with the gods that she can come back up to earth to the surface again as long as she hasn't eaten anything in the underworld but she's eaten six pomegranate seeds so it's decreed that she'll spend um, a month of the year for each pomegranate seed she's eaten some say three or four it doesn't matter but you know I say six mm-hmm. and um, so something about that cyclic that connecting in with Persephone that cyclic energy um would would be a really healing reminder that it's okay, hang in there, hang in there, springtime will come, that's how it goes, you know. So, you know, I'm, I have began writing about her, you know, she turns up on a lot of my albums through various songs over the last 20 years, but right now I'm dedicating an entire double album, it's like an opera, entirely to the Persephone and Demeter story, so that's what I was recording today. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's awesome, and I've been going to Greece um, every year for the past five years and learning to speak some Greek so that I can sing some Greek on the album, and so that's awesome. And you know, so I, I love I love that going to all the temples associated with that myth. And I guess the other archetype that I really connect in very strongly with is Artemis, who's the the goddess of the wilderness, and um, well, she's a hunter. I'm vegan, so that I'm out there hunting right. tofu. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I love her connection with wilderness and, you know, the um, older I get, the more necessary 
and pressing is my need to spend time in wilderness. And that was a big reason that I moved to Santa Fe. So it's a small city and I can get out into the, you know, it's at very high elevation. It's the desert, but it's at 7,000 feet elevation. So, which is, it's actually higher than, it's about as high as the top of Mount Kosciuszko is the highest point in Australia. So, and then there's a mountain range above that. So I hike every day while I'm here and that strong, autonomous, self aware energy of Artemis. She's a real ally. So I guess it's those guys. It's Persephone, uh, Hermes and Artemis, uh, you know, at the moment that Mm. shifts and changes. Yeah. I love it. So obviously doing astrology and getting into, uh, well, obviously you were saying into pagan or did you study paganism or you were actually practicing like what you, magic, Wicca, like what what exactly Uh, was your path? Well, I kind of, um, I began, uh, I began, first of all, I discovered, I, I was already doing all this stuff like tarot and I was interested in crystals and I was interested in lots of stuff that I realized had an esoteric energy, but I didn't know how to bring it all together. And then I just happened to chance upon a little store in Melbourne called the Esoteric Bookstore, which was mm. totally terrific and heard someone talking about witchcraft and, you know, I I'm like, what's this? And they showed me a book and I read it and I'm like, wow, this is exactly the kind of stuff that I'm into. And then I realized there was this whole community of other people doing this um, honoring of the cycles of nature and recognizing that we can tap into the universal energy, that we're part of it, that God or goddess isn't something outside of us, but is within us. It's 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 every, everywhere. It's everything. And by tapping into that, we can direct the flow of um, use our focus and our will and our energy and positive thoughts to direct the outcome of the events of our lives. And um, so I guess I began, um, I never studied like formally, I'm not Gardnerian or Alexandrian. I never went through that. That didn't appeal to me so much. I just continued my path of growth and began um, a very, very dedicated path of ritual with every you know with the full moons and with the eight major seasonal um uh celebrations you know the equinoxes and solstices and um beltane and Samhain and you know um imbolc and lammas these beautiful seasonal markers which are so lovely to celebrate you know they're, they're just so much fun and you tap this up these are old festivals they're really tapping into my um you know, European bloodline, and I loved it. And so I guess now what I do is a kind of – I'm always learning. I'm always reading books and learning from other people. And, it, you know, because I'm out there on the – doing the pagan festivals as a musician, I also um, – I've been teaching witchcraft for many years. Now I do that online. The Full Moon Magic um, concerts are kind of part of that, extending that teaching for free out to the world, you know. And mm. – um, and I continue, I guess I've kind of made my own path in a way and drawn on drawn a lot on Wicca, though my approach is much looser than that. I work a lot with the four elements and my, I guess I call myself a nature witch. I, I, I tap into that flow. I get very excited when I see a flower that, or the first hummingbird of the season or um, come back to Australia and hear the magpies or whatever it is. I, I, I'm really excited about that. And to me, that is magic. And 
I guess it's a, I guess I really kind of take a shamanic approach, really tap in and feel that energy of the universe within me. I, I practice yoga, um, and I also recognize and live my life in a way that energetically aligns with my beliefs. So I eat healthy, organic food and, you know, look after myself and do all that kind of stuff. So there's everything for me, I kind of regard everything that I'm doing as, as a form of my witchcraft and as my spiritual path. Oh, I just love it. As a, as you're talking, do you remember Kerry Culkin? Many moons yeah. ago. Yeah. Because I used to do some of those rituals up in Mount Dandenong. There was a whole mm. uh, um, group of us that used to get together on um, certain seasons of the year. And, um, yeah, so when you were saying that, I was like, oh, I remember Kerry Culkin and Mount Dandenong. This is going back 20-plus years ago. It's a very long time ago. But, yeah, um, she really carved a path for mm. um, the Australian pagan scene. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Wendy, I'm curious because I'm listening to you and I'm just so chilled out right now just listening to you. <laughs> How do you manage that? Because I know you're you're combining, um, and I love the fact that you combine your, ma- your music and your magic together, but yeah. when you're in uh, doing so many tours and so much in demand, how do you keep that balance? Because it sounds like you, you obviously really, it's important for you to connect with nature. How do you balance the two? Well, um, uh, every day in every way I'm getting better at it, I hope, because there's definitely been times when I've just felt like I've just been way too busy and haven't had that opportunity to connect. But now I design my tours in such a way that I always will get some time in nature to revive a day or two even. Like um, the uh, trip that we just did to um, California to see my son's band play in L.A., um, I included an extra day to go up and visit our friends in the town of Idlewild, a, a beautiful little kind of alpine-style town in up the top of the mountains a few hours from L.A. and went for a hike. So I was out on tour. I'd done, you know, a gig the night before and then made sure there was a day free to actually just get out there in nature. And also, if it can't be wilderness, and I think this is what I really like to remind people, that we are nature. Just sitting still mm. with yourself or spending some time hanging out with yourself is a way of connecting with nature as well. Um, and our gardens are nature, and the sky is nature. So it's always there. Um, wilderness is a pretty shortcut for me, a pretty easy shortcut to reviving myself. I do, I do get um, taxed from too much travel, and um, and I love it. And at the same time, there's sometimes points when I just feel like, oh my, I just do I really have to go through another airline security line? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. But I, I, um, uh, yeah, I find solutions to, to help me stay grounded. I always travel with a little mini traveling altar and set that up wherever I go and travel with my own little kit of favorite things, you know, bring a crystal and a little this and that, you know, things that set up a little zone in my hotel room or my festival or tent or wherever I am. And, I also have got so, so much better at claiming solitude and firming up my boundaries, which were always – I'm sure that that might be an issue for you with your Pisces and Scorpio yes, yes. stuff there. Yeah, um, I was really crappy at it. I used to, um, I used to um, 
be on stage and I'd be giving so much and trancing out so much that I'd sometimes almost faint when I got backstage and then people would want to talk and I'd do the CD signing and I'd be feeling giddy and so now I'm kind of getting much, much better at that, at just slowing it down, breathing a bit more and energetically firming up my boundaries and also just very literally like I had some wonderful friends here last night who were traveling through um, fellow artists and they contacted me on the day and said are you going to be around tonight and I'm like yeah we are we'd love to see you and I'm right in the middle of recording an album so you know come for dinner and you can stay but I'm going to bed at 10 (laughs) like did yeah good on you (laughs) and you know that was it and they were cool with it and they were cool with my honesty and I just said, you know, I can't, I can't afford a late one. I'm right in the middle of things, and I need to need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. And and it was good. And uh, but in the past, I wouldn't have done that. I would have felt too self conscious. I would have felt like, oh, I really need. I've got guests from out of town. I need to stay up and party with them and hang out with them. And well, now I'm just a little kinder to myself. And and I'll always. Uh, my husband Timothy, who's fantastic. Um, he uh, he often tours with me and performs with me and he's co-producing um, my album and all that. We're, we both need a lot of solitude. And so he's absolutely cool with um, with me saying, okay, I'm going for a hike for a few hours, see ya. And, you know, and us claiming our time. We both work from home so we have our own zones and get together at lunch and dinner and go off into our own realms again. And I love – I love that he's so accepting of that, that he doesn't see it as any kind of affront that I want to spend time by myself. It's the only way that I can maintain my lifestyle. Mm, I love that. And I love the fact that you were saying nature is, it is, it's, we are nature, it's within us. So it's, it mm. could be just as simple as, you know, sitting in front of your little altar and doing meditation and go within, uh, or even just, you know, connect with the sky or the sun, whatever it is that's around you. So I love that. Definitely, definitely. And uh, it's not, I guess, you know, part of my thing is demystifying that pagan path in a way. It's very natural, it, it, you know, that in all different cultures, um, there's that, if you go back right across the world throughout history, there's that connection with the seasons and the cycles and the natural environment that we live in. That, of course, there is. How could there not be? And so I kind of think that um, rather than like, ooh, it's witchcraft and it's a bit scary and it's, ooh, it's like, no, it's just recognizing that energy is everywhere and making sure we do things to um, direct that in the way that we want it, you know, for positive outcome. And, yeah, I guess. And for me, as I say, that um, that nature, the more time we can get just to really remember that we're, we are Mother Earth. We're as much Mother Earth as a forest or an animal, you know, or an ocean or whatever it is. We're just as much part of Mother Earth. Absolutely. And I, I think I love the, the fact you were saying magic. Magic is quite enchanting. And I think nowadays we use words like manifestation or, you know, doing, doing whatever mm-hmm. it is, a little spell. But it's, it's, um, I think it's, you know, it's about bringing light into your day. Magic is mm-hmm. how do you bring magic into your day every day? And I think that's beautiful. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I love that. And, you know, it's, and we can. We can do that in the way that we connect with people, in the way we treat ourselves, in the way that we think, in the way that we eat, you know, mm, all of that. It's all absolutely. magic. Yeah, so true. So, Wendy, if somebody wanted to embark on a new path, what would be um, some advice you would give them? 
Hmm. So on a new path, I think it's about really tapping into your your intuition and your gut feeling. And if you're really called to to embark on something new, especially if that just keeps keeps being there, like I, I, it mightn't even make any logical sense. There's something in there that you have to trust. There's a part of us that defies logic that's our intuitive self that's just like just trust it and also I you know like for me you know one of my big changes recently was moving to the states and I'd been traveling here for you know since 2001 regularly spending a few months a year here but it was three years ago that I actually went okay I'm actually going to move here and it was really hard it was really really hard but I knew that that deep gut feeling was I need a big change and this is this is what's calling me. This is what I'm meant to do and I trusted it. And I think my advice to someone who's jumping out on an equally big life change is to don't freak out if it starts feeling really hard or even if you go through periods of thinking, oh, my God, I made the wrong decision. This is all terrible. Just hang in there. It requires courage and tenacity and bravery. You know, it's a big change, big life changes require our full dedication. We need to fully get behind um, the decisions that we make and stand by them and at least give them a shot, at least give them a shot to manifest. Then if you want to change your mind later on, that's cool. At least you've given it a shot. And um, I think now, wow, okay, that would have been a different life had I not moved here. Um, but I gain so much from it. I'm feeling really good here. I'm gaining, I'm getting healthier and stronger and happier. And um, and I think part of it is because I trusted my gut feeling. I needed to, I needed to be somewhere different and I needed to be somewhere that had really easy access to wilderness. And so, yeah, overall, I think my advice would be, yes, do it. If your gut is telling you to, if your instincts are saying, I want to, whatever it might be, leave my job, sail around the world, whatever it might be, trust that, take the necessary and practical steps to bring it about, see where that sits with you and give it a bit of time because I know when I first moved to America, there were times I cried a lot. I'd left my family and my friends behind and I had my darling Tim with me, he's American, but there were really hard times and I knew that if I gave up then, it would just feel pointless. So I hung in there and after that first couple of years, this last once I moved to Santa Fe, it was it was perfect and well worth it. But I wouldn't have gained that if I gave up too easily. Yeah, and I think change, you know, change is an external event, and I think for us to adapt to change, we have to go through a transition, an internal transition, before we accept it anyway. So it can take some time, absolutely, and that's a big step. Like I, yeah. I don't know that I'd be courageous enough to do that and leave my friends and family. So I can really relate to how that was huge for you. Yeah, it was. It really was. And of course, I have friends here, but um, in the states, and even more so now. But it was it was big and it was difficult. And uh, yeah, but. And I guess I do have the advantage that being a musician, I can afford to come back to Australia twice a year. And so, mm. you know, I get to see my family regularly. So there was always that knowledge. But even so, you know, it, it can be super hard being being away. But, Absolutely. And you mm. can tie it in with a little bit of a tour like you're doing. Exactly. Melbourne. That's yeah. right. So you can That's kind it. of – 
kill two birds with one stone, they say. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I always I always change that little saying to kiss two birds with the one mouth. Oh, I prefer <laughs> that one. Or my mum would say, my mum being French, she always gets things back to the front. She says, uh, kill two birds. No, what did she say? Kill one bird with two stones. She said it completely back the front. She's so cute. But, yeah, it, you're right. It's about working smarter, not harder. It's not a good saying, actually. You're right. So, it's, um, go on. Yeah. No, sorry. That's right. The smarter, the working smarter, not harder, man, the amount of times that I remind myself of that and that, you know, often I'll, if I'm feeling a bit worn out, which I have to admit I have been in the last couple of weeks, it's been so busy, and people say, how, how are you? And I'm like, wow, I've been really busy. And they'll go, well, that's good. And it's like, yeah, and <laughs> I would actually prefer not to be as busy. Yeah. I would prefer to have much more time to take things much more slowly. And But sometimes, especially with, you know, um, working for yourself, there's periods of time when you just got to, you know, shoulder to the wheel kind of thing, mm. and that's it. And, um, but smarter, not harder. That's the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. So, Wendy, during your adventures, what have been some of your greatest lessons that you have learned along the way? Mm. The lesson of solitude was a really big one. Yeah, in um, in my first marriage, I didn't claim that, and I think that had a really negative impact on both of us. So, that the lesson of solitude. Mm. Um, Trust, because I am a very trusting and open person and I travel in all kinds of places. And you know what? The majority of people are just fantastic. And um, so, you know, I definitely, um, especially at times when I have needed, um, when I've gone through a hard time and needed support, I've been often you know with strangers like at festivals or, or things like that I have found such supportive and wonderful people when I needed them so trust um let's think my greatest lessons um I would have to say really if I look back across my life that one of my greatest lessons is just really to increase the level of um kindness to others just that awful feeling of looking back and thinking, oh, I wish I didn't hurt that person in that way. You know, I I wish I could have done that. And, and hopefully now I do, you know, I've, I've got better at that. And yeah. I, that's, I guess, one of the gifts of hopefully the blessings of um, getting older, of looking back and going, okay, well, I'm going to approach things differently from here on in. And um, so, yeah, really just opening opening my heart and increasing the flow of love to myself. I'm mm. much kinder to myself than I ever used to be and um, and to others. Mm. And, uh, wow, I'll probably finish this interview and think, oh, my goodness, why didn't I think of that amazing oh, lesson? No, <laughs> I think they're really big ones. I mean, trust is a big mm. one. We were just – I just, uh, just got off an interview before and we were talking about trust. I'm like that too. Like some people go, oh, no, you've got to earn trust. And some people don't trust. That's cool. That's up to their, mm -hmm. themselves. But I trust everybody until – you know, until if, if proven wrong, but you know what I mean? I, I just trust everybody. And I think that it's, um, you know, and the other piece that you're talking about, you know, loving thyself and others, I think that's a big one. That's really hard to do. I'm still working on that one. 
it's it's a really big one because you know we can be so hard on ourselves that any critic that sometimes gets in the way and you look back at things and, and go oh you know I wish I hadn't um, done it this way or I wish I hadn't said those things but you know what Wendy we did the best we could with information we had at that time and we've got to be I a totally little bit agree. more forgiving to yeah. ourselves I think so too and um, uh, and also I think you know that one of the most important things um, as you're going through life is just to remember that it's your own unique journey, that no one else can do your journey for you. And mm. it's very easy in the, you know, in, in the music industry or anything that's the entertainment industry and you're out there saying, hey, look at me. It's very easy to get caught up in the hype around that and start comparing yourself to other people almost as though it's a competition and yeah. if they get famous that means I can't or something and you know those wounds our society sets us up in a competitive negatively competitive way and one of my lessons and sometimes I'll find my buttons still pushed with things like that and I'll be thinking especially if I've done a gig and it's been a low turnout and I'm tired and I've just done a flight or something like that I'll be thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I doing? Did I do something wrong? Should I have done A, B, C, done whatever, you know? And then I'll remember, you know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to myself a lot and I'll say, Wendy, you know, you're doing just fine and you're a good person and that's the bottom line and, be, you know, just to try to be integral and be ourselves and do the best job that we can and that, that that's it and that's the best we can do. Yeah, know? absolutely. So, and I think mm. we all have a tendency to do, you know, I think that becomes, like you said, a bit of a trap comparing ourselves mm -hmm. to others. It's like, well, I've been working this hard. How is it that they've just been doing it for one year and I've been, you know, working <laughs> yeah. really hard, making so many sacrifices with my life and my health um, and not be there, you know. But I think that sometimes, you know, some people are just luckier than others. It's it's just, you know, and I think what we shouldn't compare ourselves because I think it's the journey that we forget. It's not about the outcome. It's about yeah. what have you learned along your journey? You know, I always think about Joseph Campbell, you know, the, the call oh, to adventure. I love him. So do yeah. I. So I think it's the, the learnings. It's not about where are you as the outcome. Yeah. It's like what have you gone through? Most definitely. And, and how have you – how have you responded to that and how have you grown from it and mm. where has that taken you? I even think back, you know, when I first began, I, I guess I was a bit late with getting out there, um, uh, you know, as a musician and saying, hey, this is this is me doing my thing, you know, but of course I wanted someone to come along and make me famous and share what I had to offer and now I'm, I have to say I'm kind of grateful because I was, I was, very insecure then and I was still going through bouts of depression and I think that if I had have had some kind of you know big fame in those early days in my 20s it would have been very very damaging for mm. me and now now I'm also just so appreciative when I hear that people have you know if someone writes to me I really do my best to respond to every lovely fan letter that I get um when someone writes and says, oh, your music really moved me and that was beautiful and I really think, wow, you're a person just like me and you've actually taken the time to listen in and connect with my music. How blessed am I? That is so lovely, you know. And But I think in the past I could have easily been in danger of getting trapped in my ego in the way that when you're feeling kind of that inner frailty mm. that that – 
lure of ego that our culture feeds so much can be such a trap. You know, you see people destroyed by it. And um, but now, if I I'm open to it, wow, I'd be quite happy to for all the success, whatever, because I'm strong within myself. I know who I am, and and it wouldn't really it would affect me in positive ways that maybe I I could take more time off or you know share that success with my friends or um, you know buy a new dress or something. Yeah, but, yeah. But but in terms of who I am, no, it wouldn't. I'd continue doing what I do. You know, I'd continue honoring the moon and writing songs and traveling the world and going for a walk every day. It'd be my thing. That'd be it. And uh, so, you know, so now I realize, oh, that was all part of the story. I'm grateful. That's awesome. Mm. It's all great. Because you're connecting with it now. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, So who who has been your greatest influence in your life? Well, it's interesting that you were saying – uh, Joseph Campbell, because he's been a really big influence in terms of my learning. You know, maybe it's my son. Mm. Maybe having a son was, a, you know, that that completely changed everything, of course. And he and I are super close. And so um, he's a musician too. So he's been, he influenced me dramatically for the better and came in at a point in my life where it was all just just perfect. Hmm, let me think of other great influences. I've had some very good teachers um, in my time at university. You know, when I was studying literature, I had an amazing teacher called um, Anne McCulloch who was a, um, yeah, just a, a real – she kind of reminded me that – she kind of showed me that, wow, there's a limitless universe out there. She was – wise and clever and funny and supportive so she was great um what else um I was always interested in like um magic so anything that had anything to do with magic in the early days anything mystical I loved so the Narnia books and things like that and I was a huge fan of um Jeannie on on television I loved that show yeah same here and all I wanted to do was live in a little bottle and, um, you know, I just thought she was totally adorable. And, um, you know, that was the early days when magic was out there, you know, being being talked about in a kind of lighthearted way. And so I guess I was kind of influenced by that, of this idea that, wow, there's other ways that the world can be. Mm. All the, yeah, um, otherworldly kind of stuff I always loved. So. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it's I, I a could, mixture. Yeah, I could relate to what you were saying. I've actually got a wardrobe that goes into a loft and I call it I'm going to Narnia because I just I loved the movie Narnia. I lo- I'm the same as you. On that, when we were talking about um, I Dream of Dreamy, uh, do yes. you have you ever, um, I guess, uh, dabbled in working with jeans or genies? No, I haven't actually. Mm. <laughs> it's um, No, I haven't. I guess I kind of – I'm such an earthy person. For me, it, it's – I know I'm all watery with Scorpio and that, but I've got Taurus rising actually. So, yeah. you know, my gateway, it's often the – it's more the physical world mm. in lots of ways. The, the When I say that, the going into nature and feeling that vibration of unseen energy that more like – so not really the gin, you know, the genie kind of energy, but more the um, nature spirit. Yeah. energy has been yeah 
and and deity, you know, yeah, archetypes and mythology. Yeah, but I haven't. Have you have you done that? No, we had a lady on the show though that went to um, a place in Omar in um, in. Uh, oh, where is it again? I can't think of it. But she was talking about it's it's probably the most magical place she's ever been been to. But oh, she really? went to this uh, place where they keep all the gins and genies, and um, she had a, a whole full on ritual um, because the one of the I guess she called the, him a witch doctor said that you had um, a black spell that was hovering over you. So she talked through what they did to her and then they gave her a gin. So she actually, she lives in New Mexico really? actually. Yeah. And uh, so she was talking wow. about how, um, you know, people work with genies or gins. You can also get female gins yeah. or genies yeah. um, and how they actually work with them. But she tells you this story. Actually, she was on our show that, um, you know, how you have to feed them and so forth. It's it's, it's a really funny episode. I'll share it with you. But, um, yeah, it was such oh, – awesome. it was so fascinating to hear about. Who's um, – The – let me think of her name because she's also an author. Um, it's not Angie Sullins, is it? Uh, she lives in New Mexico. N- no, it wasn't actually. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. It will come to me when when uh, I'm not thinking about it because, you know, I know when I let go of things, they just naturally come to mind. Yeah, but um, yeah. it will come to me. But, yeah, it was an amazing interview because, um, yeah, she wow. goes right into the whole, whole magical aspects of things. So it was I was I was intrigued because it was the first time I've ever encountered anyone working with any genies or gins before. Yeah, same here. That's that that sounds really fascinating. It makes me kind of want to research a bit of that now. Yeah, no, and I and she's she's very much about uh you know be very careful. Um, you know, I wouldn't go inviting them if you don't know. Uh, how to work with them. Um, you're better off going and actually they have like these witch doctors. You can actually where they invoke them um, and they do that all for you. So you actually don't have to um, do it yourself and they know what they're doing. Uh, but then once you've got wow. it in your own little bottle, it's then how do you feed them, keep them alive, that kind of thing as well. So it was, um, uh, yeah, it was just a fascinating conversation, one that we've never had before, of course. Wow. Yeah. And so it's an actual entity that you're keeping contained. Yeah. I'd, I'd, feel, I'd feel a bit mean. I think it'd be, I'd feel like at some point I'd like a caged bird, you know, that I don't want to go and let it out. But I guess that could create chaos, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it was, well, she says that you can, you connect with them. So like, um, you know, even they live in a bottle. So I think of I Dream of Genie. So it's a beautiful home. They've got their own little, you know, their, their beautiful, and some of the, the bottles are gorgeous. The actual. Wow. Yeah. Um, her name was Deborah Rodriguez. Oh, and okay. And she wrote the book, the, uh, she's from a company called the Zanzibar Wife. So, oh. yeah, I'll, I'll send you her um, her interview. It was fascinating. I would love that. Mm. I would love that. Yeah, mm. it's amazing. So, Wendy, what we do as we wrap up this show, we always love to ask our women of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Um, I'm going to say nature witch, yes. which might be two words, no. but I'm going to – Nature witch. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a one word. You can combine the two and integrate <laughs> them and make it one. I love that. Yes. And the other thing that we do is we love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick 
three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners? Okay. Well, the things that help me so much, I've already spoken about solitude, embrace solitude and claim it and own it. So just even if it's five minutes to yourself or an hour a day, but sometimes, you know, a whole day to yourself. So Mm. embrace solitude, spend time in nature and um, whatever that might be, your garden, your um, local park. uh, And sometimes, you know, at least once a year, get out to wilderness. It's just so reviving and really it's like pushing reset, you know, just to remember. So embrace solitude, spend time in nature and follow the cycles of the moon. And Mm. when I say follow the cycles of the moon, I just mean acknowledge, keep track and I would say at the very least acknowledge the full moon by, you know, a little ritual or lighting a candle or sitting and having a glass of wine and, you know, being underneath her, whatever way, just to keep keep connected to the moon because, you know, she just has so much to give and so much to teach us about growth and change and life and death and waxing and waning and our own moods and our own cycles. So that's my three suggestions, the moon, nature, solitude. I love that. And I remember actually one of my teachers, Master Chow Kok Sui, who's no longer on this earth, um, he used to always say, just meditate on a full moon because it's like you've meditated for mm-hmm. 30 days. That's how powerful the full moon yep. is. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, Wendy, where is the, for our listeners, where's the best place they could connect with you or find you? Easy. Just go to wendyrule.com and yeah. – um, uh, that has links to my monthly Full Moon Magic um, live free live streamed concerts. And so I, what I try to do is do a you know the concert at the exact time of the full moon. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. And all you do is click on that link on my website and you can sit and watch the whole concert for free. And it's always themed around the sign of the moon. And my website has links to where to buy my music. And also I'm on um, good old Facebook for however much longer that's going to be around. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And uh, Yeah. So you can send um, a friend request. I've got a few pages up there. I've got my fan page, which you can like. It makes me feel special. And uh, that's just Wendy Rule. And um, uh, you can send a friend request to Wendy E. Rule, and I still have space on that page to add people, which is nice because then, you know, you kind of get to actually share – your stories and whatnot. And I'm on Instagram as at Wendy Rule. Um, yeah, probably those. I, I'd say my, my website first up. And I send out a really nice – I have a blog on my website and I send out a monthly um, newsletter which um, you can sign up to on my website as well. And uh, that's um, a really good way of staying connected. Mm, I love it. I love everything. Look, I could have spent the whole day working with you. So I really appreciate your time because I know we probably said about a 30 minute interview, but it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely loved you sharing the wisdom with our listeners and myself. I learned a lot today and your time and energy. And I know you've got lots of tours in the US and in Melbourne. So that will be all on your website. It's all on my website. Yep. Um, uh, few big shows in Melbourne on um, April 27th and May uh, 10th 
and a few little lovely little intimate um, house concerts in like Geelong and Warburton and Warrnambool, um, a gig in Mount Gambier. That's the only interstate one I do this time. Um, I'm doing a road trip with my dad along the Great Ocean Road, oh, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, that's going to be my time with family and nature, and of course I'm going to do a gig. Um, so that's all on my website, and then in June um, or May, actually, there's um, gigs in Massachusetts, and then there's Minneapolis and back to the East Coast again in New York and Philadelphia and all around there, and it just keeps going. It's all there on the website, however much I've, um, whatever gigs I've managed to update are on there. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you once again so very much. Like I said, I've, I've kept you twice as long as I expected and I really appreciate it. Was like fantastic. I fantastic. I know. I could have talked to you for the whole day, but I know you've got many <laughs> things to do. Um, I'm sure our listeners are going to reach out. Absolutely love what you shared with us today. Once again, thank you so thank much. Thank you. It is absolutely, absolutely my pleasure, Catherine. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.